I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Look, I don't want to sit here and talk about me or the umpire. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Buster, what is the trigger mechanism on on inspecting a pitcher? This is going to be driven by the umpires. And, and then one source told me it's going to be a lot like a DUI checkpoint. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Detroit Lions quarterback, Jared Goff. Plus, actor and comedian, Joel McHale. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're live here in Los Angeles, California, here on June the 8th. Our second Tuesday of June here in 2021. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. How are you? Hey, buddy. What's happening, man? Mike Del Tufo in his spot. We're back, boys, along with TJ Jefferson, everybody. It's a good day in our neighborhood. We're all four of us back here talking sports, hanging out over the next three hours on NBC Sports on Peacock, or you're listening to us on NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM Channel 211, or you're streaming us live on Odyssey, or you're listening to us on this Rich Eisen Show radio station, or you're listening to the Rich Eisen Podcast, which is available on the Cumulus Podcast Network. In other words, you cannot avoid us live or on demand. It's that simple. And Rich, I'm wearing and I, purple. And I, and I will say, this is a huge uh, yes. news in my house. Yes. Uh, Peacock, where we are every single day. Yes. From noon to three, now, just tweeted out. Yes, you can now stream Peacock on Samsung yes, Smart TV. Yes, I heard about it oh. from my friend Doug Robinson yesterday. Doug was like, "When are you?" It's so funny. Big I'm news ha- in my it's house. It's so funny Big that news. I'm held responsible by some people <laughs> yeah. in my life. Like, why doesn't Peacock have this on Samsung? And I'm like, "Let me run it up the flagpole. <laughs> yes. Let me run it all the way up the Comcast flagpole, uh, the Universal flagpole. Let me do that." So, uh, thanks for that. Piece yes. of information. Big news. So it's a, that is big news for sure. Hey, look, the Nets kicked the Bucks' ass last night again. <laughs> and without without a James Harden again. Yeah. And, you know, just when the Bucks think, hey, we have fixed our problems. We just bounced the heat after they got us out of last year's playoffs in the bubble. We have fixed everything. And then the Nets are just basically reminding everybody they're just getting started. Yeah. And uh, Durant did his thing. Kyrie did his thing. Uh, Blake Griffin is acting like, you know, he's on campus at Oklahoma and, <laughs> and, um, and the, <laughs> just a total blowout. Wasn't even, wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. was worse yeah. than game one, which didn't feel close. Okay. So there's that. And congratulations to the Phoenix Suns. And it was a, a fun scene last night against the, uh, the Denver Nuggets, you know, when one team in front of their home crowd, that's been hungry for a win in the playoffs, hungry for 
a playoff run and then just hungry to just show up and be in a in a in an arena and you're not worried about there being a big breakout of uh, a pandemic uh, virus and you put it all together and Devin Booker caps a 21 nothing run with a three point play and a foul. I mean it was a total party in the Valley of the Sun last night. Yeah, it was. As uh, the Suns came back from a deficit to take game one, 122-105. I mean, they just put the pedal to the metal, and the the Denver Nuggets looked like a team that is missing a dynamic player for the first time, and maybe since Jamal Murray went out. I mean, I'm sure they had some regular season contests where they looked under man, but that's the way it looked last night. And holy crap, Suns really came out and hit the Nuggets with a fat run, and uh, DeAndre Ayton with a 2010 double-double. Good for him. Mm-hmm. And the NBA playoffs round two got underway uh, in the Western Conference last night. And we'll talk more about it here on the show um, uh, throughout this uh, three hours. But, you know, with the ultimate of respect to the, you know, um, figurative warriors that are playing in the NBA playoffs, Aaron Rodgers didn't show for work and... <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's you give me a legitimate reason to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers having uh, an issue with each other. I'm going to take that and run with it. We got one now. So after the draft day bomb that went off and um, after that dominated the draft headlines and the post-draft headlines and... The Kentucky Derby. (laughs) And then spiked just a couple of Mondays ago when um, our friend Kenny Main left SportsCenter and Aaron Rodgers just bestowed upon Kenny Main quite a farewell gift of his first public comments on the matter between him and the Packers. Question was, is he going to show up at the first time that he had to? And we now have our answer. The answer is no, he's not. Does this mean that he is not going to show for the Packers this fall? Does this mean that they cannot bridge whatever gap and divide that there is? The only person with that answer is the person who did not show for work in Green Bay with the uniform number 12. Nobody else has that answer. Anybody in his inner circle might have a good idea, a terrific idea, a very well-sourced, clearly, idea. But really, the only human being who knows the answer to that question is Aaron Rodgers. I know that's not a, uh, a hot take. I know that's stating the obvious. But sometimes it's the only thing you got. Because I'm not going to sit here and put him on blast You know my statements on this show if you've been watching us or listening to us. And if you haven't, I'll repeat it here again. First of all, where the hell you been? We're here every day. (laughs) Secondly, he feels maligned and wronged. He feels he deserves the right to script his ending in Green Bay. He feels all of that. Are they first world problems, first rate problems that only first class problem people have? Yep. But they're his. 
And he put all the time in, all the time in. And we established this after Jordan Love got drafted. And he said it's not about the draft pick or the kid. It is about the draft pick. It might not be about the kid with whom Aaron Jones told us on this show he has a very good relationship because he's even seen that. He's even seen Rodgers take the time to coach him up, which I don't believe happened very much when he was in the role of Love and Favre was in the role of him back in the old day. And as we have since established too, because nobody else has been talking about it, as far as I can tell, and you forget about what led up to Love being drafted. And that's Rodgers changing his spots in a way that he supposedly wasn't able to after he and McCarthy had loggerheads and a new coach is coming in. And how's this young guy going to be able to gain the respect of Aaron Rodgers so a quarterback-coach relationship can be forged, even in the traditional sense where quarterback trusts coach, goat quarterback relinquishes some form of control at the line of scrimmage to said coach and runs said play from said coach in a manner that we were hearing Rodgers was no longer apt to do with Mike McCarthy. Rodgers did that to the tune of 13-3, and taking the Packers to an NFC Championship game in which he wasn't the main problem. The defense couldn't stop the 49ers run game. And in the first round of that year, the Packers do not go in the direction to try and shore that part of the team up. They look over the steering wheel for some reason at Rodgers' position. And here we are. Aaron doesn't show up for work today. It's a, you know, what, a $30,000 fine of some sort? That's it. Okay. Very nine, good. 90 total if he misses the whole week. Uh, he's going to miss the whole week. Not gonna, if he doesn't show up today, he's not showing up. And, you know, he'll have to do whatever repairs he feels the need to do or he's already laid the groundwork with his teammates. Again, we have no idea. We're all reading into the void here. And the question is, is what happens next? In Roger's mind, you know what doesn't matter right now? What happens next? In my mind, all he's doing is turning up the heat on the guy who didn't call him to say we're drafting somebody at your position after you went 13-3 and and Raheem Mostert kept hitting his head on the Santa Clara 49ers goalpost. In the NFC Championship game, you were a primary reason to get us to. That's what he's doing. And then whatever else he thought about Gutekunst, whether it's true or not that he's referring to him as crumbs, Jerry Krause, and he's the Jordan in the last dance, and he's telling other players on the field, hey, how'd you like to team up somewhere else? Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Maybe it was him being totally facetious and sarcastic, which might, based on our experience with him on this show, yeah. sounds like him. Maybe. Maybe he was doing all that. But the Packers have a missing quarterback. We'll hear about it. Matt LaFleur speaks today. And he will probably, and rightfully, certainly after he has spent several of his previous media availabilities saying things like, no update for you there, love to have him. He might finally reach in the old coaching cliche bag of tricks and dust off 
One of my top favorite coaching cliches, I'm only talking about the guys who are here today. Hey, everybody, I'm only talking about the guys who are here today. I know what you want to ask. I think he's going to go in that direction today. As Mark Murphy, the team president, said in his essay, in his letter, (laughs) monthly letter on Packers.com, the less that everybody says about it, the better. Although he did allow that it is dividing the fan base. And again, I'd love to hear from a Packer fan today at 844-204-RICH. I would love to hear from a Packer fan that is one of the people who emailed Mark Murphy, according to the team president, to be on the other side of this coin. I'm sure there are some out there who are like, he's making millions. I can't do what I'm what he's doing in my job. If I did this in my job, I'd be fired. You don't have his job. I don't have his job. None of us here has his job. And we also don't have his set of circumstances. However, all of us in this job would love to leave it the way that we want it left. Everybody out there, hey, he's got a contract. He should live up to it. You also have to live up to it in a way that you you don't have the leverage to do what you want. But you also don't work in the NFL as a quarterback with 15, 16 years under your belt for an organization that has rebuilt quite a bit around the stadium due to the success of the franchise in the last 15, 16 years due to his performance. And his behavior behind the scenes may be something that we don't know about that's driven management crazy to leave them to maybe go in the direction that Mike Florio suggested yesterday hold out we'll save your money we'll give our guy a year we'll be able to say to the fan base we tried he's the one not here we want him here we try to keep him here and turn the heat back on him but that's not for another month or two right now Rodgers not showing up. He's turning the heat up on that team. And we'll hear about the balls jumping out of Jordan Love's hands, and maybe we'll even hear from him this week. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd love to interview him. We interviewed him the day or two days before the draft, fully not knowing at all how he was about to be born into the NFL through no fault of his. One phone call. Hey, Aaron, we're thinking of choosing another quarterback. Don't pay it any mind. So simple. He would have also then asked other questions like, what are you doing that for? Whatever. Might have been a very awkward conversation. Might still be in the same situation now. Don't know. Because when you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, moving up to get him, as I've mentioned, I'll say it here again, in the 21st century, under the current construct in the NFL, It is a financial decision that requires the player that you're drafting in the first round to get on the field fast, sooner rather than later. The clock ticks when you already do that in the first round because of the financial construct of a contract that requires you to, after year three, decide do you pay a monster year five. We might be in a different spot right now. But Aaron Rodgers is holding out. And one of the questions I want to ask Albert Breer when he joins us literally in five minutes' time is, if Brian Gutekunst had a microphone in front of him or just a private moment, private moment, and he wants us to know something, what does he want us to know? Because he's not going to talk publicly. He's not going to air some of the stuff. You know, Aaron did this, Aaron did that. What a headache that was. 
But my response to any of that stuff would be your title, okay, your title is general manager. Means you must generally manage things and stuff and people and goat talents. I might not know everything, but I know one thing, that in this world, in the same way that I just said to anybody out there that thinks Aaron Rodgers is being spoiled and that Aaron Rodgers is being anything but handling this situation in a manner that you wouldn't, I say to you, you would do the same thing he's doing. Just because you don't have the same gig as Aaron Rodgers, we does not apply to us. The management rules that apply to you and me and everyone else should not apply to Aaron Rodgers because of the nature of his position in this sport. In that same way, I would turn to Brian Gutekunst and say, you should have managed the situation better, and you can. You can treat him differently and still run the operation the way that you want because the next person who comes along and asks for the Aaron Rodgers treatment, you can say to that person, who the hell are you? Let's take a break here. Julio Jones and the number 11 in Tennessee. Is he going to wear it? A.J. Brown has an update on that. Arthur Smith with a terrific quote in Atlanta about the Julio Jones departure. That's coming up in this hour. Jared Goff in hour number two. Joel McHale in hour number three. He is hosting Fox's Crime Scene Kitchen, which definitely is potentially about what my kitchen looks like after any of the kids' attempts to do anything in it. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. It's Emmy night as well. It's going to be a long night sitting in front of the computer waiting for me to be thoroughly disappointed. But you know what? It's going to happen. And I'm ready for it. And I'm going to be there with my friends. Figuratively. You're not coming over, are you? I'm not coming over. Okay, no. very good. Okay. I just want to make sure. I thought you meant like the different red wines you were drinking. Those oh, your, yeah. My friend's, Caber- my friend's my Cabernet friend. and Brunello are <laughs> yes. going to be right there at my side. <laughs> That's what I thought you meant. Oh, I'm coming in tomorrow hungover. It's crazy. <laughs> Maybe I am coming over. Yeah, hey. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Albert Breer, when we come back right here on the Rich Eisen Show, with as many answers as he possibly can give us on Aaron Rodgers. Where is he? When is he coming back, if at all? And then, of course, what's going on with Julio Jones and his new spot and how he got there. Albert Breer, when we come back from Sports Illustrated here on the Rich Eisen Show. Do want to talk a little bit, however, about the epic speed driver from Callaway. The artificial intelligence in all the epic uh, speed drivers is called the jailbreak speed frame. Essentially what it is is a an AI design structure right behind the driver head. And it enhances torsional stability and impact. I'll put it in proper English for you. It allows the amount of the driver head twist to be stunted. Basically, it doesn't deform as much upon impact. So all the power goes into the ball and ball go far. I've seen it work. It's amazing. I loved I, I, I love the uh, epic flash. Now the epic speed is even better. Look at Phil hitting bombs. I mean, Phil's got a Wanamaker trophy for crying out loud, hitting bombs with the epic speed driver. 
The Epic Speed's the fastest Epic. The better player's Epic is the Max LS that capitalizes on the tour-preferred combination of low spin plus high quality. I, however, use the Epic Max because that's what's most forgiving. So check out the Epic family of drivers at CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. CallawayGolf.com slash Epic. Albert Breer when we come back on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A couple of narratives I want to throw at you here. You tell me if this is true, anything anything to it, because this is what we're all talking about out there and what I'm sure you've heard. A narrative that you, based on the way that your team drafted, have a monster chip on your shoulder this year and the way that you've shown up the first two weeks would support that theory and narrative. What do you say to that, Aaron Rodgers? I think I've always found inspiration from various things. And as a younger player, you know, even before... Uh, I got in the league, you know, there was a lot of slights that I felt about, uh, you know, the uh, scouting of my performance and my abilities and who thought I could play and couldn't play. I think as, you know, as I got older, you have to find new ways to, to be inspired by things. I think, if anything, it's it's almost the opposite. I'm, I'm completely at peace with where I'm at in my career, and that's what's, you know, freed me up and allowed me to, you know, to get to this comfort level is, is, uh, is the peace that sometimes surpasses even your own understanding. And I don't have bitterness towards the organization, or Jordan, or anything associated with that. I'm just, uh, I've been working on myself. And I think a lot of times when people, you know, see whether it's a narrative about my, you know, mental state or how I'm playing, you know, they have to, they can't just, it can't just be a positive thing. They have to say, well, it's a shot at somebody or a slight at somebody or he's got a, he's, it's an FU to somebody or whatever it might be. You know, in this situation, I really feel like it's just, I've, I've been, choosing to work on myself and uh you know i feel really good about where i'm at we're in the second year of a system uh that guys are just playing a little bit faster and we're finding ways to be more efficient i mean that that doesn't maybe sell a lot of uh papers or get a lot of hits on the website but to me that's uh that's 
closer to the truth than uh, this idea of uh, some monster chip. So in terms of your your receiving mates then, um, do they have one? Because the concept that uh, you didn't get the help that was required speaks to the fact that they're not good enough. Again, I think everybody has different ways of being motivated. And I think, you know, Alan Lazard has had a plenty of, uh, you know, chips he could put on that shoulder, whether it's Jacksonville trying to make him a tight end or us not letting him work with the green group for the first whole first training camp, even though he was dominating on the other side of the field working against the twos and threes, or the fact that we cut him, or the fact that we put him on the active roster and didn't dress him, and the fact that maybe when we finally dressed him, we didn't play him. So he's got he's got plenty of things he can he can have chips about. And Marquez, same thing. I think Marquez, you know, his thing has always been about his own confidence, and the more confident that he is, the more he can just relax and not put too much pressure on himself, um, because I think he is uh, such a talented guy. But I am proud of those guys, the way they've stepped up and, and the training camps they've had and how they've gotten off to a good starts the first two games. That was Aaron Rodgers in week two of the NFL season that just finished, in which he was an MVP back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Also here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, WSCO in Appleton, Wisconsin. I want to hear from you. I'm calling you out. I want to hear from Packers fans today. How do you feel about Aaron Rodgers not being on the field and with the team to discuss? Honestly, you don't. I don't. I don't usually call people out like you know. Um, what uh, hacksaw here in Southern California? React to me, Appleton. I want to hear from you. But I'm. I mean, in what? Show me your cheese head. I want to know how Packers fans feel about this. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We'll take your calls later on in this hour and throughout the three-hour show. Jared Goff, the line, is going to join us, but back here on the program as a good buddy, Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated. How are you, Albert? I'm good, Rich. I hope you're at peace. You don't have any chips that you need to uh, you need to kind of reveal here? Well, yeah, we're live on the air, Albert. <laughs> Just want to let you know that. <laughs> uh, before we get to Julio Jones and all that, uh, how do you read Aaron Rodgers not showing up today? How do you read? I, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think it would have been an enormous surprise if he had shown up, and, and the, the main reason why is that this is about money. Um, you know, then you know, like if five hundred thousand dollars for showing up for the rest of the offseason pro- program program wasn't going to motivate him to show up, then. Why would ninety-three grand um, for showing up to many can't motivate them? Um, that's the way I look at it, anyway. And we'll see whether or not the Packers decide to levy that fine. Um, but I think it just sort of means we're where we're where we have been for a few months now. And um, you know, the Packers have obviously tried to pull every lever to get him back in. And you know, I think a huge part of the problem remains. Um, kind of a divide philosophically on how the team's being built and then the communication over the um, over the Jordan Love thing a year ago. So um, I think it remains a very, very unpredictable thing. But I don't think the minicamp was ever more than a checkpoint in this whole thing, Rich. I think when the rubber meets the road is and really has been the whole time to start a training camp. Are they talking to each other? Best you can tell? Do you know? I know the Packers have made efforts, um, and I know the Packers have made multiple trips to California to meet with them. Um, I don't know how much direct communication there's been over the last few weeks. <clears throat> you know, and I'll, I'll give the Packers credit for this. I, you know, and I, I can give you some insight in my own reporting. Um, you know, I, I think the Packers have made an effort not to sort of work the back rooms, so to speak, on this. 
And, you know, what Mark Murphy did on the team website, borderline unprecedented. I don't know if I've ever seen a team use its website that way before, uh, you know, the other day. You know, and then, you know, if you want to add on to that, like, you know, my experience was, I mean, they've actually asked me to go on the record in a couple different circumstances because, um, you know, they don't want to be saying anything in the background um, and sort of working that part of the game. They want to be transparent about it. I think that's a message to Aaron, which is, you know, we're going to try to be as principled as we can be about this. And when we talk about you, um, we're going to do it publicly. We're not going to be trying anything behind your back or anything like that. So the Packers are doing, I think, everything they can to try to get him back on board. I think the trouble is um, how much can they really show him at this point um, how things are going to be different because – we're we're obviously at a point in the calendar now where we're well past the end of free agency. Julio Jones has now been traded. The draft was a month ago. I don't know what else you can do to show Aaron Rodgers that you're going to build the team any differently than you have for the last 30 years. Well, I mean, and 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 that's part of the problem, Albert. Is that we we've got yeah. we've got uh, a situation that is now uh, what would you, let's do the right math here, uh, 14, 15 months old that you can't change. And then you have, as you pointed out, all the team building scenarios that that, um, you know, could prove to Aaron Rodgers that we hear you and that the only thing that could be, you know, used as a public apology without saying I'm sorry about 15 months ago would be either to trade the guy in Jordan Love or give Rodgers a contract that means Jordan Love will not get on the field uh, in time for them to properly evaluate him for a fifth-year option. And the question is, is would that even satisfy Aaron Rodgers at that point in time? That's Have I, yeah. have I kind of captured I mean, it or what? Here, tell yeah, me if I mean, I'm I can tell you, yeah, I mean, they've offered him contracts, you know, and so wow. I think you're right on to think about, like, I think you're right on to think about the guaranteed money. And, and I think that that's what everybody needs to pay closer attention to, you know, uh, we can throw around big numbers all we want. Whatever number they're going to give Aaron Rodgers is be a big one. You know, I think the the key is how do you prove to him you're going to be our quarterback for the next three years? That would require, by the way, Rich, the Packers doing something else they generally don't do. Um, if you look at the Packers' big contracts, normally they have enormous signing bonuses and they don't guarantee future years. So they would have to break the way they do business there too to really show Aaron Rodgers we're locking into you for the next two or three years. Um, you know, and, and three years would be, you know, getting to the, to, to the end of Jordan Love's rookie contract where, you know, you'd have to be beyond the past where you'd make a decision on his fifth-year option. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's some stuff that they can do contractually um, that would definitely you know, signal to Aaron Rodgers he's the guy going forward. But I can tell you that they've already put stuff in front of him and said, we're willing to give you a new contract, and that hasn't really moved all that much. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Well, I mean, the Aaron Jones contract is, uh, you know, on the credit card, um, where the number of years that's on his contract is beyond what they would absolutely consider keeping him at. Yeah. I wouldn't think it's certainly at that position. And the two years in which he's viable under the cap is maybe Rogers' remaining years there unless of course he's like Brady and he wants to play till he's 40 and you turn Jordan Love into Jimmy Garoppolo you know so put it all put it all together for me Albert and let's give Gutekunst a little bit of run here just briefly what do you think I mean they have like I mean that's the thing is they have mortgaged some contracts so I think you got to give them credit for that because that's not something they'd normally 
do. And you know, they, they mortgaged the Darius Smith contract. Preston Smith, everyone in the league thought that he was going to be the trader cut. They kept him, right? Like, and that's a piece that normally, you know, a team that's looking long range would say, well, we drafted Rashawn Gary, you know, a couple of years ago. So maybe it's just time to move on from a big number, but they mortgaged Preston Smith to keep another good player on the roster. And so, you know, I, I think they have done some things that are a little out of left field for them, you know, and I think you have to give them some credit that they have in certain ways broken from the way they've done business in the past. I just think, you know, a big piece of this, and and I've probably said this to you three or four times on the air, but I think a big piece of this was, you know, Aaron Rodgers looking around um, after they lost in the championship game, looking at the other three teams in particular and, Looking at how aggressively the Chiefs have built around Patrick Mahomes, how aggressively the Bills have drafted around or have built around Josh Allen, and in particular, how the Buccaneers have just gone all out and said, we don't care what happens in 2023. Yes. We're going to put a super team around Tom Brady. And I, and I think that that's something that Russell Wilson took note of, too, where now I think a lot of the quarterbacks, this is what I'm up against. I want to be in a place where they're going to build around me that way where everything is you know, kind of predicated on my window to win a championship. Hey, man, I've been saying this since pretty much Brady won it all, and you first heard Rodgers, um, you know, uh, after losing to Brady in the NFC Championship game, say something that caused us to say, what's he talking about? Now that five-alarm fire is he's got the entire Packers organization aflame over this one situation. Yep. And so, you know, put it all together, maybe a way of doing things, you could just – make an exception for your GOAT 12 in the same way that the Bucks have clearly done um, if you're Green Bay. So put it all together. If Gutekunst, Brian Gutekunst, the, the, the chief grocery shopper there in Green Bay and, and, and the supposed target of Roger's biggest problem, what's stuck in Roger's craw the most, if he had a moment to just be thoroughly truthful, stuff's not going to get out, he could just vent. What do you think he'd yeah. want everyone to know, Albert? What do you think? I think he would say, I think he would say, look at our roster, <laughs> right? I think that's what he would say. I think he would say, look at what we've done. Like, you were upset earlier in your career that the team wasn't more aggressive in free agency. We brought in Zadarius Smith from Baltimore, Preston Smith from Washington, and Adrian Amos from Chicago. We also put an offer sheet in front of Kyle Fuller. That didn't work out. We've been aggressive since I've been the general manager. That's number one. We are drafting really well right now. And you look at the younger players in the roster, guys like Kenny Clark, Rashawn, Gary, Jair, Alexander. Um, you know, you've got infrastructure here. We've held on to our own. You know, we've drafted Devontae Adams, and we've drafted David Bakhtiari. And, you know, like you said, Rich, Aaron Jones. And we've paid those guys. So, you know, I think what Brian Gutekunst would say is look around and realize what you've got here because the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, I mean, let me ask you this, Rich. If you were starting an NFL team, how many rosters would you take over the Packers? Take the quarterbacks out of it. Uh, okay, I was about to say, okay, take the quarterbacks out of it. Um, right. No, or I. if you were a quarterback, if you're a quarterback and say, say you're a quarterback, say you're a 38 year old quarterback, you got one year to win, right? How many places would you go before you'd go to Green Bay? There's, and there's no question that if, let's say, Rogers was having this problem in Indianapolis, let's just choose a, a, any team in the other conference. Yeah. Let's just say he was the GOAT in Indianapolis and the general manager there. Let's just say 
Chris Ballard was in the role of Gudekunst, even though they're totally different people. And he's looking around, where can I win right now? He'd look at Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? Like so, so Green. I, I don't yeah. think there's any question. Certainly, since anybody who is late in their career doesn't want to have to change their routine. You know what I mean? They don't have to. They don't want to change anything. That they, they 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 also know the facility, but they also do see what Brady did after 20 years, and they want that. You know, so I don't. I guess again, like what what is what's the answer? Only 12 knows. Yeah. Only Rogers knows that. That's what it is. And that's the thing. And that's what makes it so unpredictable, Rich. And you know, we've we've talked a lot about you know uh, in the last five months. I think it was I think it was Adam that had the tweet earlier in the off season about like half the league's quarterback situations potentially being in flux. Um, you know, and I, I I think like it's fair to say it's probably been kind of like half and half, right? Like half of what we thought was going to have have happened happened. Half of what people maybe thought might happen hasn't happened, right? So. I just I think the other pieces that people are failing to look at, look at the situations of the teams that traded quarterbacks and look at the situation of the teams that didn't. Detroit traded its quarterback, they're in a total rebuild with a first year coach. The Eagles traded their quarterback, they're in a rebuild with a first year coach. The teams that didn't, Seattle, older head coach and a team that's been competitive consistently and a lot of players like Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, that are in their prime. Packers, one of the best rosters in the league. A lot of guys at 27, 28, 29 years old in a win-now window. And so I think sometimes when we've looked at kind of the way that the quarterback movements happened this offseason and all the, you know, the cage rattling and all that different stuff that's happened, what we're not looking enough at is – Look at the teams willing to move their quarterbacks versus the teams that aren't willing to move their quarterbacks. The ones that are willing to move their quarterbacks are kind of in a, I guess, throw your hands up and we're starting over type of place, right? Where the teams that aren't, the teams that are more resistant, why are they more resistant? Well, because the rest of the roster, you look at the rest of the roster, what's fair to the rest of the roster? The fair, what's fair to the rest of the roster that's been competing you know, and contending for the last few years is to hold the line with the quarterback, you know? So I think that's the piece of it that people are missing when they're, when, when they're looking at all this. And now even like you look at Houston and Deshaun Watson, and maybe they're willing just to listen to Deshaun Watson now. Why would they move on from a 25-year-old, you know, quarterback other than the obvious stuff that's going on legally? And part of it is that Nick Casario and David Collier are completely starting over there. Mm. So, like, I just think that that's one piece of it that people haven't paid enough attention to. It's not the spot the player's in. It's also the spot the team's in. Before I let you go, Albert Breer, uh, great column yesterday on the genesis and the completion of the Julio Jones trade. If you could boil it down to a few minutes here, uh, why did he go and how did he get to Tennessee? Best you can tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw something from your show yesterday where you were talking about like the price, right? Yep. Like, so it's a two and a four. Oh, is a six coming back with him? And I know, I know a lot of people are going to look at that and say, well, wow, like, you know, why couldn't we have him for that? Um, I think it's complex, you know, and I think part of it is the price tag, um, how much he costs. I think a part of it's his injury history, the fact that, you know, he, he, probably isn't going to be able to practice for you day to day. You're going to have to manage him a certain way, which certain coaches have feelings about their best players being in that sort of position, especially when they're new. Um, yeah, but I think the, 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 the main thing is the age. And, you know, I've looked back at this um, you know, over the last few weeks, 
there have been 11 trades of non-quarterbacks for first-round picks over the last, I think it's four years, right? Every one of those players was 27 years old or younger. Um, Julio's 32. Um, then I went another five years back. The oldest player I could find the previous five years was Jimmy Graham, who was 28, right? I, like, I can't find a non-quarterback in NFL. Like, I, I, I just couldn't find one. Maybe there is one. I couldn't find a non-quarterback over 30 in NFL history who was traded for a first-round pick. It's right or wrong. It's what the league is. The league doesn't pay age generally, and the league doesn't pour big draft capital for age. So mm-hmm. I think that's why the price tag was where it was. And, um, you know, I think the other important thing to remember here, and this is sort of how I led that column, this has been two years in the making, and I don't think that anybody should be pointing the finger at, 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 at Terry Fontenot or, or Arthur Smith in Atlanta. Um, I think this really goes back to the contract negotiation two years ago when quietly at one point Julio actually asked out then. This is two years ago. Um, he's basically told the team, I wouldn't mind being traded if we can't get a new contract done. And really, I think that had a chilling effect on the relationship between the organization and the player. And then, you know, I think the one guy who was sort of Julio's confidant through all that was Dan Quinn. I think once they fired Dan Quinn, and I'm not saying they were wrong for doing it, but once they fired Dan Quinn last October, and that was sort of the last piece of the relationship, maybe the last piece of the Jenga tower getting pulled out, you know, and I think at that point, sort of became a complete where the Falcons were going to have these cap problems. They've got five guys on their roster, Deion Jones, Jake Matthews, Grady Jarrett, Matt Ryan, and Julio Jones with huge numbers. Julio wanted out. And, I mean, it, because of where he was and the way he felt about everything, it made sense to, to, to move him over the other four. And did the Falcons freak when uh, when he said what he said on the air without knowing he was on the air? Did they, did they lose their minds? Yeah, I mean, they were upset. They were very upset. I mean, I can tell you that because I, they, they'd worked really hard to kind of keep most of this under wraps. And to be able to, you know, keep it quiet that, that Julio wanted out for almost two years um, or that Julio had asked for that two years ago. And then, you know, I, the, the face-to-face conversation or the, 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 the man-to-man conversation that Arthur Smith and Julio Jones had where, um, you know, Arthur basically promised Julio, we're not going to let this get out, that you've asked for a trade. Um, in fact, they worked so hard for two and a half months to, to do that. And the whole thing came apart because Julio was caught off guard and didn't know he was on TV. Thought he was just talking to a buddy of his on the phone. And if you've listened to Julio's tone, Rich, I'm sure you could pick up like that's what it sounded like he thought the setting was. Um, you know, I think that's why the Falcons were so upset about it. I don't know if it went to the league level or if the league talked to Fox or anything like that, but I, I do know, um, I do know the Falcons had a pretty big issue with with Julio being put in that spot. Albert, you're the man. Appreciate it. Let's uh, let's catch up next week. Let's keep doing this. There's lots going on, lots of mandatory mini camps over the next two weeks. So thanks for the call. You're the man. You got it, Rich. Albert Breer. At Albert Breer on Twitter. I follow him. You should too. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, many have heeded the call to call into the show, so we will take your phone calls when we come back. And Arthur Smith, what a quote on Julio Jones. That's coming up here on The Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about 
how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Are you still playing fantasy football? You still doing that? Um, I, I not really. No, I, 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 am in a league, but I don't, I don't control it. One of my buddies controls it for me. Okay, what, so I get, I, like, I'm a part of it, but I, I, I don't have time for it. Who's no. League is this? Whose league is this? Who's it's this? just a group of friends from high school that, uh, yeah, I, me and my buddy co, co, co own a team, and and he really runs it for me. Well, because I know we've had conversations about this before, and that there are some interesting, um. Uh, I guess, tasks that the loser of this league must undertake. So are you, if you lose, even though you're not part of the day-to-day? Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll like, hold me to it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know if I could tell you who's on my team right now, but okay. um, if I were to lose, they would they would absolutely hold me to it, and uh, we, we'd have to go take care of business. What are some of the um, fails that I guess that you have to do? What are some of the, the responsibilities of the losers of your league? What is uh, – Last year, the loser uh, – I have to go to Alaska for a day. What do you mean? Like for a day? Yeah. <laughs> for a day? Yeah. Okay. They went to a place called Nome, Alaska. Um, you, you'd never heard of it. It's no, Nome, I've heard of Nome. I, I, I think I've, you know, I, I don't. Actually, I where the Iditarod, it, it goes through there, I think. Yeah, so, the, so the, the loot flood race. Regardless of the geographic spot in the United States, would have to, for a day, get on a plane and and prove per, proof of purchase of the ticket and then take a photo like how do you oh, yeah i mean there's there was tasks involved it was i think he went in in march um okay but it was it, it was yeah it was a whole thing and that was just one year that was just last year's this year it'll be entirely different um i'll have to check in with you and let you know if i'm, I'm in that but I, I hope i'm not i hope not is there anything what other previous uh years any other examples because that's amazing you have to go to nome alaska that is yeah. quite uh, the, the year before. Um, yeah, the year before the loser, you, you know, uh, Barstool Sports does the rough and rowdy, the boxing deal. We fought in that <laughs> at the Super Bowl. The year we were there, he, he was he was fighting in the in the in the boxing on Friday night uh, before the game. There. Oh my gosh. This is a, you do not want to lose your fantasy league. Jeff. No, you don't. No, that's why I, I try to I try to put a lot of faith in, in, in my buddy that's around the corner. Now, the last time we interviewed Jared Goff as the Rams quarterback. Coming up next hour, we interview him as the Lions quarterback for the first time. A lot of new faces and new places. I would agree yeah. with that. I would agree with that. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial uh, here on NBC Sports on Peacock every single day from Dan Patrick's show, taking you to brother from another right here on the NBC Sports on Peacock channel. If you are watching us, we appreciate that. 
back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network along with our Peacock audience. Want to let you know that you should jump in right now. Hitting the road with full-time comedian and part-time golfer James Davis. It's called Golf Pass Golf Road Trippin'. It's streaming right now on Peacock and Golf Pass. Golf Pass Golf Road Trippin'. Sign up today at PeacockTV.com. It's not road tripping. Not road tripping. Okay, it's road tripping. Just want to let everybody know it's right tripping. here on Peacock, tripping. which is uh, which is a, a great way for you to spend your day, either watching us live or when we're all done, go down a, a great wormhole of all the great TV and uh, shows and movies and so much fair, so many other live channels right here, along with NBC Sports on Peacock. Okay, uh, I asked for fans to call in from the great state of Wisconsin and uh, Cheesehead Nation from across these United States have all... Um, Obliged. Let's go start in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Aaron in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Does you do not spell it like Jones or uh, or Rogers? Correct. Uh, I don't know. I've actually never met anybody that spells it like me, so a little different. A R I N. What's on your mind, yeah. sir? Uh, well, first of all, I haven't talked to you since, but congratulations on not having to eat my sweatshirt. That's uh, on that oh, guy. That's oh, right. I knew I recognized the spelling and the yeah. Earl sweatshirt. Yeah, you're the guy. What do you do for a living again? You drive a truck around? No, I I, I, uh, I drive Eat Street Delivery, so I'm a food delivery guy. Oh, and you're still wearing that sweatshirt that you don't ever really wash? It's your no, favorite it's, sweatshirt? You still wearing no, it? It's, it's been about 90 degrees, so I, I've uh, retired it for the summer. Okay. I told you I wasn't going to eat that thing. I told you <laughs> yeah. that the that the, the uh, 49ers were going to use their third overall choice on a quarterback. I even pegged the actual quarterback before many others did. So You were correct, sir. Okay, Aaron. That's how confident I am. What's on your mind? Um, so, yeah, I think um, from the Packers' standpoint, um, I think it was fair. Like, we, we all thought, like, for those couple of years that maybe it was Rodgers on the decline and – um, now that we saw what kind of year he had last year, like I don't think it's an issue. Like they shouldn't have to feel like, oh, we wasted a pick if they move on from like Love. Like they should be happy. Like, oh, you know, Rogers is still good, so let's let's go that route, and um, you know, we'll do something else with Love. Um, from like I was initially kind of aggravated, um, like at the beginning, and it's moved on since then when they said, oh, Rogers hasn't had enough weapons because you know I'm just not on that. I'm not on that side. He's got Adams and Jones and. Um, even guys like, you know, that we know better here, like Valdez scaling and stuff like he proved in the, a couple times and in the, the last game, like he's got breakaway speed that right. he can, he can get open. So, um, but yeah, that, that really hasn't been an issue. Um, I guess the only thing that's concerning for me right now, um, is just kind of the look of it. Like, um, one of the things that he started off the Kenny main thing was he said that he was, uh, you know, a connoisseur of flowers and you should roll them up and light them and, you know, like uh, like Gordon, Josh Gordon's career got ruined by like being fine or being right. suspended for smoking marijuana and stuff like that. I don't know, just and and you know, being happy and being in Hawaii and stuff. That's all good, but just I guess like the big display of it all, it just doesn't feel like. I'm just worried from the standpoint that maybe his head's not in the right place. You know. Oh, uh, let me help you with that one, Aaron. I think his head is in the absolute right place, and whatever reference he may have made, I, I wouldn't leap to anything. Um, you know, um, and and I appreciate the call. Thanks, and you call back, and you keep driving your your route, and you keep on putting your sweatshirt on the line with uh, takes here on the Rich Eisen show. <laughs> um, I, I I think his head's in the right spot, and he's not. You know, it's kind of crazy. Like athletes who are putting it out there. Like, do you think Aaron Rodgers, when he's hanging out with the tellers, <laughs> should say, "Don't put that on on Instagram"? I don't wouldn't want to live my life like that. You know what I mean? Like, and and I don't don't put that out. 
I know we're all hanging here in Hawaii, and we're all, you know, like, yeah, don't, don't put that, uh, don't, don't post don't put that, that don't out. Post I can't that. have that out there. I mean, my, my, my situation is just, you know, something like, he's probably just, screw it. Screw it. You know, and well, that and, guy and at that his point in his career, well, what does he care? But well, he should. But he definitely doesn't want the Aaron's, A R I N's of the world, to sit there and think his head's not in the right spot or whatever. And I, I think he's what he's probably going to ultimately rest on is that he'll get back out there and he'll show, he'll show, and to any he'll he'll show that his head's in the right spot. Honestly, he's he's in Hawaii with his 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 fiance and friends. They're living their best life. He's not putting it out there like every single day on his Instagram feed. You know what else he's putting out there? Him helping small businesses. That's what he's also putting out there too. Here's here's the deal. Uh, also, and I'll say this gingerly to all the Packers fans who might have thought that Aaron Rodgers was regressing. <laughs> Spend some time in my shoes every now and then, okay? You can't, you can't talk, Chris, because you were water skiing behind the ultimate yacht for twenty years. Now we were good for a okay, long time. Okay, I'm sitting there. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm watching yesterday. Zach Wilson like zinged one into one of his many tight ends uh, in red zone. Just a beautiful dime, and I'm like, wow, what a dime that was in June. <laughs> and I'm living it down. I'm like, can he be the right thing? Can he be the right guy? Just enjoy. What was that? Was that Devontae Adams who tweeted out, you got to enjoy what you have when you have it in some sort of cryptic message when Aaron Rodgers first said what he, you know, or what first came out on draft day? Rich, it appears that oh. tight end was Ryan Griffin. I'm, oh, I'm looking at this video right here. What a dime it was, right too. Tell me, was that on a rope or yeah, what? On like a perfectly rope. where it on had to rope. be? Yeah. I'm Great living pass. this yeah. every day. Great pass. Enjoy what you have. <laughs> And I know that Rodgers was forcing the ball in, and I know it wasn't looking so great in the end of the Mike McCarthy era. Well, they got rid of the coach. In comes a new guy, and they've won 26 regular season games and gone to two straight NFC Championship games. Now you're going to be watching video of Jordan Love zinging it in to uh, Big Bobby Tanyan and saying, hey, maybe that's the right guy. Now you're in my shoes. You're not going to enjoy it. I'll tell you that. And that's what Aaron Rodgers is kind of banking on a little bit here is that Gutekunst won't enjoy it either. Dave in Freedom, Wisconsin. You're on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, Rich. How you doing? What's going on, Dave? Yeah, same old stuff, different day. Okay. So, you know, what's really rampant in Green Bay is they're trying to figure out, is it anti-Rodgers, is it anti-Packers? You yeah. know, what, who, where's everybody lying? Here's where I'm sitting. I'm anti-stupid, and that's what's going on right now. You have two wickedly successful businesses, and they have the same goal. And that's to win more Super Bowls. Arrogance and ego for business people to get past is a very, very tough thing to do. It can be. But that's what they need to get beyond. Well, I think we're not there yet, and I appreciate the call, Dave. Uh, call, keep call back. I, I took your call, unfortunately, right before the radio audience has got to go away for the hour, and we'll be back in hour number two at eight four four two zero four. Rich, uh, that's a perfect way to put it. Uh, you just got to sit tight for another month. And you're going to see Aaron Rodgers golfing in Montana with uh, DeChambeau and Brady and Phil are going to light him up and they'll have some yucks. And then you're going to have to sit there and see what happens in training camp. But this rubber is going to eventually meet the road. And I do believe it's going to wind up with Rodgers back in Green Bay. I just feel that in my gut. Hour two coming up with Jared Goff. We're still here on Peacock. You know what's going to be awesome about that golf match, Rich, is what if Rodgers is wearing not Green Bay colors? People are going to parse that out. Like, 
What if he's wearing an orange and blue combo or some other team's yeah. color scheme? You know that's going to be picked it's apart. Ridiculous. You know it's going to yeah. be picked apart. Well, Rodgers is going to have to get ready because Brady's already shown he will go there, being the NFC Championship game moment where Rodgers was taken off the field and out trotted the field goal unit. Yeah, you know he's already will, willing to go there with DeChambeau on Kepka. Yep, and Mickelson dove in between Kepka and DeChambeau, and they're ready. And Rodgers is going to he's going to hear it. You'll hear, I'm assuming, Barkley's part of the broadcast. I would imagine so. I would right? imagine what? Uh, By Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson will be back it's again. Be there, He'll be part yeah. of all that. I've heard a rumor um, Ooh. that uh, they've reached out to Gronk to be part of it, too. Oh, baby. And that, you know, like, like they... Caddying? Uh, no, to be part of the broadcast. Oh, wow. I think, like, the Roger Maltby. Like, why shouldn't you? Like, yeah, they're with the... The big old the headset, big old like headset on with the, with, the, with the monster antenna. Yeah. That's awesome. Like, that's what I'm hearing. I don't know if they're going to pull that off or not. Wow. But. So, I mean, it's going to be anything goes, and we'll all be there in a front row seat watching it and loving it, and it'll yeah. be great. But okay. it's coming, and that'll be another moment of our friend from Freedom who just was lamenting about he's anti-stupid, and it'll be another moment where Rogers, or like Aaron said, that Rogers is putting it out there. And the out there, putting the it out there, is anything other than football, and Rodgers is going to be sitting out there. You know? And it's going to be another one of those moments, and it'll be another one of those moments where some Packers fans may get turned off. But you know what? When you turn back on is if Rodgers shows back up again. And I'll just say this. Everybody thinking that Rodgers is going to, you know, turn off the Packers fan base and they'll never come back together again. Favre and the Packers are fine now. To use a phrase that was born here in the cinema from the city of Los Angeles, once upon a time, Favre and the Packers were very far from okay. Very far from okay. His Green Bay privileges were revoked. (laughs) And they're just fine now. Hour two with Jared Goff coming up. 